With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Thank you very much, Rob, and welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. Yes, I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. I'm a psychiatrist in private practice and on the faculty at the University of Virginia. Carl Jung introduced the Western world to synchronicity. The rock band The Police popularized the idea in their album, Synchronicity. They were followed by numerous books, articles, movies, and videos. Uh, And why this growing interest? Weird coincidences are messages to us earthlings about the true nature of reality. Messages that we can try to decode. They tell us that our minds are interconnected and are part of a greater mind that I call the psychosphere. That each of us has hidden powers and abilities. Look for their helpful advice, their evidence for deep connections with those you love. Put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to read my Psychology Today blog and my book, Connecting with Coincidence. To see how sensitive you are to coincidence, take the Weird Coincidence survey also on my website. Connect with coincidence. Synchronicity is spoken here. Our guest today is Charles Hamner. Uh, Charles's career proceeded in four stages. He obtained a PhD and in the first stage afterwards became a biochemical researcher in metabolic pathways at the University of Virginia. In 1964, uh, he, he, he worked with A.H. Robbins Company and helped develop 15, 15 over-the-counter products for the respiratory and GI tracts. And third, in 1978, he became an academic administrator here at the University of Virginia Medical Center as associate vice president and chief operating officer. In 1988, fourth, he became president and CEO of the North Carolina Biotechnical Biotechnology Center from 2005 to 2012, and he's currently chairman of the board of the Hamner Institutes for Health Affairs. That's an illustrious career, Charles, and welcome to our program. Thank you very much, Dr. Byman. I'm delighted to be here, and I thank you for inviting me to be on your program. Uh, You're very welcome. I enjoyed talking to you very much uh, when I gave a talk at the Rhine a, a couple of months ago, and that's where we met. And I, I, I'm very curious about how you got involved with the Rhine, which is an institute which, since the 1930s, has been studying parapsychological phenomena like uh, like telepathy and clairvoyance. And here you have this this. Uh, illustrious career uh, in the conventional side of the world, um, doing outstanding research, becoming um, a very important uh, administrator at UVA, uh, and then uh, your biotechnology center. This this is like materialistic, uh, regular science, a regular kind of career path that's outstanding. Uh, but how did you then get over into the parapsychological? Well, from the time I was 11 years old on, I was blessed by the fact that whenever I had a big challenge come up, either someone would come and give me good advice uh, without me asking for it, or 
the right people would show up to form a team that would create the activity and make it very successful. And when I came here in 1988 to North Carolina to be uh, head of the Biotechnology Center, uh, I worked with all the universities in the state of North Carolina, and of course Duke University being a very famous research university, I uh, found out about the uh, Ryan Center, and I was very interested in, I've always been very interested in parapsychology, and so we started to attending those meetings whenever we had speakers that uh, were of particular interest, interest to me, and you were one of those speakers. I uh, was very interested in coincidences because so many of them have happened to me in my life at exactly the right time. Well, that's it's a couple of things that uh, you you said <clears throat> from early on, where where <clears throat> where you would get the information you needed right when you needed, or people would show up to help fill a needed gap. And uh, in the weird coincidence survey, those are um, uh, among the common coincidences. And I just want to bring that out more clearly. They are common coincidences and they make us pay attention to them as well as being very helpful and make us wonder about how they happen. So there you were in your career, uh, starting at age 11 uh, and then later having a lot of experiences that told you that something may be different from what you what you were taught uh, when you got your PhD and in your and in your college and, and um, in your college career, something was going on. Um, what what did you conclude or what did you what ideas did you come up with that were making some of those things happen? Uh, well, just. Just the very experience of these things happening over and over. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. It started very young. When I was in high school, for example, my agricultural teacher said to me, uh, you should go to college. And I said, well, I don't, you know, I was very ignorant in those days. And um, so he said, well, I'll take you to VPI to interview and so we went to BPI and interviewed, and they said, oh, you're, you're very welcome to come to school here. We'll, we'll uh, enroll you in animal husbandry. And I said, well, I don't have any money. My family doesn't have any money to put into schooling. Uh, and so they said, oh, don't worry. Albemarle County has a uh, – Albemarle County has a – scholarship and they can give you a scholarship so I went to college uh, for uh, all those years uh, on the Albemarle County uh, Albemarle County scholarship and then uh, when I was finishing up for my senior year at the at VPI which is now called Virginia Tech my major professor in animal husbandry the department chairman Ralph Hunt said the veterinary school committee from Georgia is coming here to interview outstanding students, and you should be one of those students, so go down and interview. So he arranged an interview with me, and they said, oh, your record is perfect for veterinary medicine. Uh, you can come to the veterinary school. And I said, well, I don't have any money to go to the veterinary school. And they said, oh, don't worry. The state of Virginia will pay your tuition if we select you for that scholarship. So I went to veterinary school for four years at, uh, uh, with, no, uh, with no cost as far as educational cost. And then when I was in veterinary school, <clears throat> a man named Dr. Mark L. Morris, who invented pet dots or, or uh, uh, dots for animals, <clears throat> uh, he called them science dots. He came to give a lecture and he said, the problem with veterinary medicine is they don't have enough PhDs in uh, biochemistry and anyone in this room who is a veterinarian that wants to go and get a PhD in biochemistry, I will pay for it. So as soon as he finished talking, I went up and said, I'm your candidate, I'm ready to go to to get a PhD, and so 
he took me over to meet Dr. William L. Williams, who had just arrived. Right, right, right then, uh, what you did was seize the opportunity in front of you. And that's an important part of a coincidence experiences that when you see it, you got to grab it because sometimes it's not going to be there tomorrow. Exactly. And, and so he paid all my expenses to go to uh, get a Ph.D. So all of those con coincidences through a, what about a 12 year period there uh, helped me get a complete education and set me up to do all the various things that you just re related to in my career. And so that's why I'm. I don't think those things can happen by accident. That's just too many things to be an accident. It's a string of of you being in the right place at the right time with the right people. Oh, yes. And absolutely. That, and you can take one of them um, and say, "Okay, that's that's random, and I was lucky." But when you have a string of them, and you have a string of four of them, uh, that really set you into the career that you developed and is so outstanding, uh, then you have to wonder what else is going on. And that's what we'll talk about um, in our next segment. Um, but one of, the, one of the things I want our audience to know is that we will also be talking about a cousin of yours um, and a, a coincidence involving him. So we're going to go back a little, maybe a little younger in your life uh, and talk about uh, the guy who wrote... Um, uh, the Waltons, uh, the, which became a, a famous TV program uh, that a lot of people grew up with and knew something about. But we are coming to the end of this segment. You are listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Bernie Beitman, MD, and this is the Exxon Broadcast Network. And our guest is Charles Hamner. And we will be back after a short break. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. 
As this is the first book in the esoteric series, modern esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Bidman, MD, and that is me. Our guest today is Charles Hamner. Uh, we've gone through some uh, remarkable coincidences with Charles, and not just one, but a bunch of them. And it says something to Charles about himself and something about the way the world works. But we're going to go back uh, a little further in Charles' history before we go into the future again. Um, Charles, at age 11, you had your first coincidence. Uh, what was that? Well, uh, it, it was a unique thing of, of falling off a bicycle and a group of logging people recovering me from that and putting me on the, on the uh, back of a, a truck and carrying me home and the doctor being there to treat me at the time and so it was just amazing that all of this happened out in the middle of nowhere and uh, everything lined up to uh, get me recovered so that I I was uh, well and uh, have hardly ever been sick since that time. Well that's another thing but that's wonderful but the idea that you are out in the middle of nowhere and help arrived unexpectedly Yes. And the doctor and the doctor was around, is a is a a basic uh, coincidence theme that I'm delighted to uh, label uh, help arriving uh, right when you need it, and that's uh, that's medical help arriving to be to be specific, and that that's a, a theme that uh, I I see repeated from other and other people's reports and. How that happens and why that happens um, was another question, but there it was. You, you have you have a cousin, or you had a cousin named Earl, um, yeah. and could you tell us a, something about Earl, uh, your cousin, and then Earl, the the guy who uh, wrote the Waltons? Yes, uh, we called him Earl Junior. Of course, uh, he was ten or twelve years older than I, and so I only knew him as a teenager. But he was always very quiet. He always kept a little uh, notepad in his back pocket, and he would talk to people and, and do things, and he would take notes. <laughs> and everybody thought he was a little bit strange because he was so quiet on one hand, but if you said anything or told him some story, he would make notes about it. Wow. And uh, then he went, <clears throat> he went away to college. My aunt... Uh, took him to Richmond, to University of Richmond, and put him through college. And then he went to work in New York. <clears throat> and the peculiar thing and the, the coincidence that I would want to tell you about was I had not seen him <clears throat> for many years, uh, at least, um, gosh, eight or ten years. And uh, I, was going, I was a sophomore at uh, Virginia Tech. <clears throat> and uh, in Charlottesville area, I lived in Charlottesville, Virginia area, and there are farms, really nice farms all around Charlottesville, and they have nice homes on them. And so people from the northeast and so forth and, and around the country and even from foreign countries moved to Charlottesville area to live there. And so two families moved from Connecticut and New York to that area, and they were friends, <clears throat> and one of those people was going to W&L, uh, Washington Lee University, and the other was going to Virginia Tech, and I was riding with the Virginia Tech person, and he said, let's stop in to see Jeb Rosebrook uh, at W&L, and I said, sure, it's okay with me, I got nothing much to do, we can stop there, and so we stopped to see 
Jeb Rosebrook, who was a couple of years older than I, <clears throat> and Jeb said to me, well, I'm graduating in a couple of months, and I'm going to New York to see if I can get a job in journalism. Uh-huh. And I said, well, uh-huh. you know, my cousin works up there for NBC in the, uh, let's see, uh, I can't remember the name of the place now. Uh, well, he works for NBC in New York, I can tell you that. He wrote radio programs like Ma Perkins. I don't know if you remember Ma I, Perkins. I, I, I remember Ma Perkins, yep. And so he wrote those stories. And so I said, why don't you go talk to my cousin? Maybe he can give you a lead <clears throat> for a job. And so he he found out about my cousin, however you did that in those days, and went and talked to him. And my cousin and he formed a partnership, and they wrote more stories for radio. But then in about a year, they moved to Hollywood, and they worked together in writing stories like the Waltons. Uh, uh, another story was... Um, a mystery program that they wrote. I can't remember the name of the Oakland mystery story now, but it was uh, it was about psychic things. It was about psychic medias and things. So Jeb Rosebrook and my cousin became uh, <clears throat> friends and partners and wrote things for television for 20 years or more. Uh, based on the coincidence that I went by to see him when he was a senior. At and uh, W&L, and, and I hardly knew him. So you did for him what other people have done for you, put you yes. together with the right people to advance your career. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Now, we've been good friends ever since because he, he seemed to always be grateful that I told him about Earl Jr., and that he was able to have such a wonderful writing career. Uh, the Twilight Zone was a, was the uh, program that they wrote studies for. No, mean, uh, no kidding. So, yeah. so, so Earl Jr. helped write the Twilight Zone. Yes. Wow. wow. So he, and also there was a program about the winery industry in California that they wrote a long series about. And I can't remember the name of that program either, but uh, Earl Jr.'s mother came from a wine-producing family, and so he was always interested in wineries. And so he thought up writing this story about the wineries in North in uh, California based on his mother's experience. He, he, he must have had an excellent memory for detail, uh, Earl. Yes, and he kept notes all the time. That was what, was what made everybody think he was strange. He was always keeping notes. And, and so I'm sure he talked with his mother and, and uh, kept these notes, you know. Yeah. It's a, <clears throat> uh, that's, I, I know people who do uh, audio recordings and have advanced careers by just uh, audio recording, editing, and then getting them out there. And, yeah. and that's... That's what he was doing in, in those days. That's quite a career that your cousin Earl Jr. had. Uh, oh, yes. He really did have quite a career. There's no question about it. And, and you... Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, he passed away about a year ago, and he was 92 years old, and he was still active in writing. Wow. <clears throat> well, that, that was... it was it's a, it's a good thing for you to be able to turn around... And help be on the other side of the coincidence in helping someone uh, advance his career. Uh, yeah. And since we've talked about these coincidences, career coincidences, do you experience coincidence very often uh, since then? Yeah. Uh, my entire life has always been some coincidence come up. Let's give an example. Since we're in North Carolina, let me give you an example about North Carolina. <clears throat> when I was uh, at the University of Virginia Medical Center, the dean from the School of Medicine at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, came to give a lecture, uh, what they call grand rounds, to the medical center. 
and uh, the dean was out of town that day and couldn't be there for this dean when he came. And so he said to me, why don't you have lunch with Stuart Bondron uh, before he does the grand rounds? And I said, sure, I'd be glad to do that for you. And so uh, Stuart and I had lunch, and we got to talking about what was going on in the world and how uh, uh, biopharmaceuticals would begin to be a big thing and so forth. And we were talking, and he said, boy, you seem to know a lot about biopharmaceuticals. Uh, we're trying to do biotechnology in North Carolina. Would you come and talk to our founding committee <clears throat> and just give them some ideas of how you would develop or how you think uh, the industry of uh, biotechnology is going to develop. And I said, sure, I'd be glad to do that. And so I came down to North Carolina and met with the founding uh, group of uh, people for the Biotechnology Center in North Carolina and just went over three or four things that I thought was essential <clears throat> concerning starting any industry, and that has to do with very strong research, uh, having to do with educating the public about the uh, industry and setting up the school system to teach the people so that they can have jobs and job training <clears throat> and then being prepared to start up new companies that emerge from the new research that's being done. And I just told them those three things. I said, if you do those three things, you'll be successful in any industry. And they said, gee, we would love for you <clears throat> to come here and oversee this program if you would because we, we don't have a firm program for a firm idea of how to do this, and you seem to know exactly what to do. Charles, we're, we're, at, the, we're, we're at the end of this segment, and we will continue that uh, after, after our break. Uh, you're, listening, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence. We are talking with Charles Hamner about his own coincidence-filled career. And we just, at the end of the last segment, we were talking about ideas that he had that are... He said pretty simply about how one establishes uh, a biotechnical uh, arena uh, in a place of basically how to start any industry. And he, he offered uh, three very important uh, and simple ideas um, to, to get the research going, to get education uh, tuned in to what the researchers are doing. And Charles, what was the third one? Uh, having the capacity to start new companies emerging from the technology that's done and arises from the research. And that that area in, around Durham um, and 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 Chapel Hill is called a research triangle. Uh, it sounds to me like you had something to do with starting that research triangle. Well. Uh, that's the interesting part. We came and did the three simple things that you just mentioned. And uh, when I came to North Carolina, there were about three or maybe four companies doing a little biotechnology, employing maybe 500 people. <clears throat> and today, there are over 600 companies in North Carolina doing biotechnology research and development. And they employed directly 60,000 people, and for every person employed directly in biotechnology development, there are four people in the, in the public, out in the public, supporting that in some way. And so now there are over uh, 300,000 people working in biotechnology in North Carolina. And you were right there at the beginning because the dean had to be out of town and you had to talk to the guy coming in to do grand rounds. Uh, Seeing all these things happening to you uh, must be a lot of fun, among other things. Just like, hey, what kind of surprise am I going to be hit with that's going to change my career and make something happen? (laughs) Yeah, and it it still hasn't stopped. Uh, (laughs) after After the biotechnology center... Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm so acutely aware of this that I feel very blessed, and I never take it for granted. I think it's a great gift, a great blessing. I have no idea why I'm blessed that way, but I'd never take that for granted. And after the Biotechnology Center, I retired. I was asked to come and look at a uh, chemical institute that did research in North Carolina, And I went there and talked to them and said, well, you need to integrate the new genomics and biological and uh, micro, uh, the the new genomics and the new molecular biology technologies having to do with proteomics. You need to integrate this into your institute. And I said, you know, the pharmaceutical industry needs what I'm talking about as much as the chemical industry. And they said, well, why would we give the chemical industry secrets and new secrets to the pharmaceutical industry? And I said, well, one of the reasons is they'll pay half the cost. Uh And the chairman of the board said, call them. (laughs) And so I got the pharmaceutical division set up in the old institute and the chemical industry 
rejuvenated. And so we went from five companies supporting the Institute to 30 companies supporting the Institute and over $15 million a year of research funding. And it just happened because somebody saw me and said, won't you come and take a look at this Institute? Now, I retired as chairman of the board of this institute and uh, in, in 2015. And last year, <clears throat> the uh, state legislature passed a, uh, a, uh, a legislative piece to create a rare disease advisory council. And so the man that is chairman of that rare disease uh, advisory council saw me and said, you know, you're always organizing things. Why don't you try help us organize this, uh, <clears throat> this uh, program? Well, just like what always has happened in the past, I had never thought about it. I don't know very much about rare diseases except the genomic part of it. Uh, I, I just had no idea of what to think about rare diseases. And all the right people have shown up, just like in the, always in the past. Uh, a friend of mine <clears throat> whom I met back in 1989 when I recruited Biogen here, had re he, this friend of mine was... Biogen was, is a company, just so we know. Yes, but Biogen is a big, big... A biotechnology company out of Boston, Massachusetts. And, and, you re and you recruited them there? I recruited them to come to Research Triangle Park, yes. I recruited about 10 or 12 companies like that, uh, including uh, Biogen and uh, Bayer and BASF and Rompelanc and Syngenta, and I could go down a long list. All of these people are advanced biotechnology research and development companies, and they're huge corporations. They're from all over the world. I have Takeda here. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I had met this man in 1989 who was the head of uh, pharmaceutical data collection for clinical studies uh, when we recruited Biogen, and I had not seen him until last year, and he came to NC State to be head of advanced computing, and he helped uh, IBM develop Watson for pharmaceutical data. And I saw him and said, hey, would you help me? I need two groups of people. I need people that know the pharmaceutical industry, and I need analytical computing technology would you help me with this rare disease? And he said, I, I've been looking for just this kind of project. That's exactly, I'll be glad to help. And so the whole uh, unit there at uh, NC State now is working on analytical computing and uh, learning algorithms for genomics and other kinds of data being collected uh, on rare diseases. Now, at the same time that happened, a man showed up at the Hamner Institute who helped start Genentech. Uh -huh. And he and I had worked together at Merck back in the 1960, uh, uh, late 60s and early 1970s. He retired here to North Carolina, and he knows the pharmaceutical industry inside and out because he worked with Merck and Genentech and a number of other important companies. And so I asked him if he would oversee the program for me and be the CEO. So he volunteered to be the CEO, and all of this is done voluntarily. Uh, and uh, I got the top computing person probably in the, in the country. And we all came together with the medical profession. And then I met a woman in Charlotte who was the head of the patient uh, family coalitions of rare diseases, and she joined into the effort. So now we have all the connection put together. We have the patient family coalitions working with the practicing physicians, the practicing physicians are feeding information back to the basic research people and to the analytical computing people, and the research community now is in touch with the practicing physicians. So 
new ideas are flowing out and new observations are flowing in so that it's a perfect combination of uh, what is going to be the, what I call the next S-curve for biotechnology. Rare diseases will be the next big thing that will be done in medicine. Oh, wow. Um, now we got about two minutes left and uh, a couple of things for me to mention about this that that there's something magical about that a couple of those Hamner boys I gotta say that uh, that, that somebody has touched them with something um, Earl with the ability to observe and record and put it together and you with your ability to observe and watch what's going on around you he he may he was watching and writing about it you were watching and doing something with what was happening out there in the real world you were doing the real movie he was writing the movies and yes. and you were doing that in a a, a, a magical way uh, there's 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 something as i learn as i learn about you about the way you sound the way you project yourself, the kind of confidence you have that's humble and the clarity with which you speak in simple language, which was one of the delights of the Waltons, where they could talk about important ideas in, in a simple language, a country language. But it, it, rem it reminds me of uh, um, the, the Watergate prosecutor, um, who, who was a Southern boy and could just talk in clear language about uh, things. And that's what yeah, you read. I know him. He's Rufus Edmondson. And that's he's one of them, yes. Um, and he's <laughs> yeah. one of oh, them. Oh yeah, many of them. That's true. Yes. That's um, and and but there's something about the place you are in the world where you are, and that I would like to have other leaders know because coincidences in leadership uh, is an important developing area. I've had a couple of people on the program talking about leadership and synchronicity, uh, and we'll talk about that more because we're uh, in our next segment. We're coming to the end of this. You are listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and our guest is Charles Hamner, Administrator Extraordinaire. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. 
I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and that is me. Our guest today is Charles Hamner, and we've heard a collection of stories over a career that just can't be uh, just a coincidence. There's something about Charles Hamner, and there's something about his place in time and space, and there's something else that has put him in uh, situations that allow him to help things happen. At first, being rescued as a child, uh, as an 11-year-old out in the middle of nowhere where help arrived without knowing how, uh, getting money and funding to, to a, get a PhD uh, in various steps through college and graduate school, and then finding his way into various career opportunities in which he developed a great capacity in biotechnology uh, and learned some of the basic ideas and has continued to stay with new ideas like genomics. And then he just kept going. He, he went to North Carolina. He was in North Carolina, went to North Carolina and helped start the research triangle that is so well known uh, around the world as a place where a lot of biotechnology uh, activity is going on. He's he's been part of the seed of all that. He he's like a, 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 a bee who's who's placing seeds outside, giving not just collecting them, but planting them and putting that honey out where people can then drink from it. Charles, it's an amazing career and it's a leader, a leadership example that I hope other leaders pay attention to, to be aware of the possibility that coincidences like the ones that have happened to you can happen to them if they're alert to them, if they're watching their environment and going with whatever we mean by their flow and putting themselves together with situations that help advance not just their career, but their ideals. Yeah, I, Go ahead. I have, I, have, uh, I have always been amazed at how helpful everybody has been uh, whenever I go approach them, uh, they have always been helpful, and a very, very few have ever uh, reacted in a way of negativity. Uh, very, very few have ever not been helpful, and and people have come out of the woodwork from everywhere. Uh, back in uh, 1990, I. Uh, recognized that we desperately needed bioprocess manufacturing in 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 the United States. Charles, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to inter interrupt you here because sure. I believe this is going to be a similar story to what you've had before. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm oh, yeah. I, I know I want you uh, maybe you've not done this before, but I want you to just speculate about why this is happening to you, why this has been and is happening to you. How come you're in the middle of all this? I, I have thought about it many times, and I don't know. I don't know of any uh, sound reason to do it, other than that you've been blessed and picked for some reason. But uh, I can say that my my upbringing was was important in all of this. First off, my mother was a school teacher. And my father was a, uh, a, a 
a, a factory worker, a machinist. He 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 uh, he made things on lathes and drill presses and things. And uh, <clears throat> then he was always very helpful to uh, our community. He worked throughout our community and worked with people like uh, Senator Harry Byrd to get him uh, elected so he could do his programs that he wanted to do. And so my, my family were always very helpful to other people. And my father was always very thoughtful and my mother was very kind. And I think being raised in an environment where we didn't feel uh, negative about hardly anything, and we always felt positive about other people, and we helped other people whenever we saw the opportunity to do it. Like my father, after having a heart attack working for DuPont, went opened a country store, and uh, he knew who the really poor people were in the community. And so on Saturday mornings, he and I would get five or six bags of groceries, just, just really simple stuff, rice and oatmeal and things, and put them in a bag and carry them around. And we'd drive through the community and drive up, and you know how they used to have front porches, and he would just set the bag on the front front porch. And uh, my uh, and sometimes the people would come out and said, oh, thank you, Mr. Charlie. We really appreciate this. And we that was a the atmosphere I grew up in. And so it's just natural for me to try to uh, apply my uh, uh, skill of understanding advanced research and applying it to uh, everyday practice so that we can have bioprocess manufacturing. What I get from that, Charles, is that you learned to believe there was goodness in you and goodness around you, that you could tune in with your heart to the environment around you in what uh, people might call now a loving way, uh, where you you could love and know love was there because you grew up in that and you saw your father and your mother behaving like that. So you, you felt that there was a lot of positive in you and your environment and came to expect it when you interacted with other people. Yes, and it, it and the other thing is that my mother and dad had never found any any difference between people. They were all the same as far as they were concerned. So it didn't make any difference what their skin color was or what religion they were or any of that sort of stuff. That all went out of the, out of the way. Uh, it was uh, not considered and only how well off or how uh, how we could help them if they weren't well off was the only big consideration. Why don't we have more people acting like you? You're, you're a model for what a, the future uh, person might be like. And part of that is, is having uh, the good intentions you have, but not just good intentions generally. Uh, good intentions with some specificity. Uh, some of the questions, some of what I wonder about is how it happened that people came to you, not that you necessarily went out to them, which you did, and you approached people fairly pretty regularly, as you as you did with the rare disease um, organization that you put together. But somehow people also came to you. They recognized something about you. Uh, they hear you talk, um, and they said, this guy has something. Uh, and what is it about you that attracts people to you in a way that produces so much? I, I can't really tell you, but my wife and I talk about this all the time. We can go in restaurants and sit down, and people will come and start talking to us and telling us about their problems. And we've never seen these people before. And we can be in grocery stores, and they'll stop us in the middle of the aisle and start talking. And uh, frequently it happens because somebody will say, I'm too short to reach way up there, and you're tall. Would you reach that for me? And then you do it, and you start a conversation with them. And so it, it, it must have something to do with unassuming. Being unassuming, I think, helps a lot. Uh, I, I see it as openness. That okay, people all right. 
That's and the good. same idea, and it's a more mechanical thing, but I look at these things mechanically, uh, and we can be open and closed, and I, I, I do dance, and people can be open and closed during dance, and that when you and your wife are walking around, there's a kind of glowing openness, a kind of warm friendliness, kind of like you and your father going to drop the groceries off at people's houses. There's, there's a, a givingness and a, and a welcomingness in your vibrational energy around you and I, I think these are measurable and I, I, I know human um, I know from experience that there are that human energy is something real that gets transacted between people that people can feel but subconsciously I'm interested in how we pick that up I think it's through our skin some kind of sense receptors in our skins that pick up the energy fields of other people I wish the Rhine could come up with uh, better instruments than than their biophoton thing to measure not just what's around somebody but the the electrical human electromagnetic field that goes on between people that I think people in the grocery store walk up to you to create to connect with and then gives them a, a very positive vibration. Well, that's 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 uh, now that you brought it up. That's exactly the way I assess everybody else. In, in 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 30 to 60 seconds, I know who I'm talking to and what they're going to say and do just about. And, 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 what, and what, we have a minute left. What did you see about me, Charles? Well, I, I was fascinated with your interest in coincidence because I'm fascinated. And so I think it was a common interest that brought me things. But you do best, you do things for best interest of the people, not for yourself. And that kind of attitude is what I think also attracts people. Yes, that you that they can tell that you're doing something for others, that you're not just doing it for yourself. Yes, uh, exactly. And, and, and they pick that up from you. I mean, uh, the image of putting the groceries on the on the front porch is uh, is key in that. Now we've come to the end of our show, and it's been a very great pleasure, Charles, having you on the program. And if you're up in Charlottesville, please let me know. Thank you so much. We will certainly do that, and uh, thank you for having me on the program. You're welcome. You're listening connected with coincidence on the Exxon Broadcast Network. We have been with Charles Hamner. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com.
Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.